0: Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Kreisman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on a Friday afternoon. Getting ready to head down to the ballpark as the Rockies begin a three game set against the Kansas City Royals. But I already previewed some of that for you in a previous podcast. Been talking a lot about the baseball on the field over the last several shows. I've been wanting to take a look at this subject matter for today for a little while, but I wanted to first make sure we got enough kind of sample size in here for it to make a little sense. And we're at the point of the season where if Major League Baseball is pointing out, you know, power rankings for who's MVP of each league and stuff like that, I feel like it's reasonable for me to have this conversation about grading out the Rockies' current GM so far. Something we I think really need to be diligent about with the new guy on the job and obviously, you know, a lot of consternation over the way he took over the job and and the Rockies, whether or not they can turn this stuff around. So I think it's fair and actually meaningful that we have this conversation uh, and and not just now when, it, you know, it looks good for him. And I understand that as somebody who's been defensive of the idea that Bill Schmidt might be actually the, the right guy to do this thing for the Rockies here, it certainly benefits my argument to point out what's going on right now. But I simply have the facts of the matter on the table. So I'm going to talk about this on a podcast because – well, it's one of those things that when you tweet it out, it tends to become a gigantic storm rather than just being a conversation I can get into a little bit more of the nuance here. I can provide the caveats and give you my full on predictions for what I think this means rather than just allowing the Internet to interpolate what they think that you mean, if I may use such a word in this context. But yeah, let's get into it, because I wrote about this in a recent article and I used Fangraph's measure of WAR in order to compare essentially the guys that Bill Schmidt let go in free agency and the guys that Bill Schmidt picked up in free agency right not rocket science who to compare here just the free agency stuff he let three key players go Trevor Story John Gray and Rymal Tapia and he picked up Four key players or four I mean I'm leaving Chris Bryant out of this because I see Chris Bryant as the final end of the Nolan Arenado deal. That's where that money came from. So I'm not including him here. You can if you want, it just muddies the waters a little bit. But the guys that of course we're talking about, particularly the guys who were signed or or acquired in the absence of John Gray and Rhyme Altapia are Chad Cool and randall gritchick and then of course you have jose iglesias while he obviously isn't getting paid anywhere near what trevor story is you know just sort of conveniently happens to slide in there at shortstop right and then if you again alex colomay who they picked up in the offseason if you want to include him in this you can one of the funny things about him is that regardless of whether or not you're looking at fan graphs or baseball reference alex Colome's war is at a 0.0 so he hasn't really hurt the Rockies yet he hasn't really helped the Rockies yet at least according to these statistics which do again as a caveat need a bit more time to balance out but we can use them as a little bit of a guiding line so far and really no matter what statistics you look at the Rockies so far have come out on top in all of these we know, first of all, let's let's do the Trevor story part of it, right? Trev's gotten off to a really tough start. In 26 games, 114 plate appearances, he's hitting 206, only on basing 281, and only slugging 304. He's hit one home run, driven in 14, stolen one base, and struck out 37 times. He's striking out over 30% of the time. That's an OPS plus of 71, so he's been roughly... worse than the league average so far as a hitter. Now, we all know that a player of Trevor Story's caliber can go through slumps like this. We also know there have been shoulder issues. We know there's a lot of pressure when you go to a new team, when you go to a new team in a big market, when you're trying to impress. He's had the fans booing him, stuff like that. I still believe, and and I wrote this, and I'll do a prediction now, Trevor Story has the potential and the ability to single-handedly turn this entire dynamic around. While the war is in the clear favor of the Rockies right now, Trevor Story is the type of guy that could put up two wins in a month and a half, kind of like what we've seen Nolan Arenado do so far. He's at two, right, for some reference on a high end of who's just taking it in right now, right? But Trevor Story, so far, has put up a negative 0.3 baseball reference, Wins above replacement. He's been worth negative value, right? Now, again, he's the guy I think most likely to turn that around. Very sad, as you all know for me, and frustratingly, I've got to talk about my guy, Raimal Tapia, who's off to an even worse start for his new team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Raimal Tapia has played in 27 games, he's hitting 216 on basing 230. And slugging 278. That's an OPS plus of 52. He's got seven ribbies. He does have one homer. Uh, he's stolen three bags, which maybe helps a little bit. But, you know, he, he just really scored 11 runs in 27 games. That is not uh, contributing Rhyme Tapia. And then, of course, we know that he has his struggles on defense. And see so he's actually already been worth a negative half a win, a negative 0.5 wins. So, the two of them together, Tapia and Story, it's negative eight. Right? Or negative 0.8. It's not negative eight wins, negative 0.8. Right? John Gray has actually been, according to War, the best of them. Because he's only at... A negative 0.1 but the sad thing with that is that gray that's mostly because he hasn't pitched that much he's been injured and he's only thrown 16.1 innings those innings have not been good he's at a 551 era or a 68 era plus again these park adjusted league adjusted statistics are showing us that story tapia and gray have been well well below the league average in their most important jobs so far, and that, frankly, folks, like it really sucks. I root for all these guys, and I make no bones about it. Especially once they leave the Rockies, like, and especially the guys who always treated me with uh, respect and kindness, and who were uh, easy to talk to and and helpful about learning and understanding what they go through on a daily basis and what their lives are like. And all three of these guys are are guys I followed for a very long time, and you know, really enjoyed. Their time, but you've got to look at the facts so far and say none of the guys that Bill Schmidt let walk has been producing at all yet. They've all got negative value. And combined it comes out to a negative 0.9. Right? So they've basically almost been with worth minus one win combined. And I really hope that it turns around for all of them, especially Ryan Altapia. <laughs> And I have the most belief that it will probably turn around for Story. Though I could I can see both Tap and Gray struggling throughout the year. And this, by the way, is a conversation I'm going to revisit. It's math we're going to redo. And I won't be shocked if, like I said, Story by himself ends up making it so that those three who left actually do put up more wins than the three or four guys that the Rockies got. But let's take a look at what they've done so far. Beginning with Trevor Story's replacement, not... In the budget, but at shortstop, Jose Iglesias, who's been worth 0.1 plus, right? So he hasn't been a huge contributor according to baseball reference. I think fan graphs liked him a little bit more, but we're keeping it consistent here with baseball reference. Now, what's interesting is that when you break down the traditional numbers, they're leaps and bounds better than what we saw out of Story or Tapia, right? Jose Iglesias is hitting 319 on basing 367, slugging 407, and has an OPS plus of 114. Or he's been roughly 14% better than the league average when those other guys were 20, 30% below, right? Now, again, it's small sample size stuff. And there's a little bit of disagreement between FanGraphs and Baseball Reference. I kind of looked around on his defense, and again, it's uh, you know why FanGraphs gives him a little bit more credit, Baseball Reference being a little harsher on his defense. So they've got him at zero point one, but still contributing something. And obviously, there with the bat, you feel like you know I, I know he's he has had actually if you've watched all the games, he's had some rough defensive moments that have cost the Rockies. So that's one hundred percent fair. But I do think that yeah, he's been somewhere in that neighborhood of. Valuable, productive, and certainly not a negative value like the players we talked about who left, right? But not a huge, huge contributor. That tracks with the eye test. As does, I believe, the number for Randall Grichick, which is a plus 0.4. Not huge, not massive, but he's contributed, right? On both sides of the ball. And again, there's some disagreement on his defense, and that's going to be a more fun conversation in the future. But the fact that he's hit four home runs, knocked in 16, he's hitting 281 on basing 323, slugging 449 for an OPS plus of 111. So between Grichik and Iglesias, you've got a half a win, right? Where between Tapia and, well, actually Tapia is just the negative half win there together. So that's, a pretty huge swing just from those players. Right. And we haven't even gotten to the big one, which as you know, is Chad cool. Now this has been a surprise to a lot of people, including maybe even to Chad cool, but he's off to a fantastic start. He's thrown 34.1 innings and you can't take those back. Those 34.1 innings all count in the way the wins above replacement is accumulated You know, he's going to have to have a pretty terrible season to detract from what he's already done from here on out, if that's what's going to happen. But so far, he's got a 288 ERA in those 34.1 innings pitched. It's a 157 ERA plus, roughly 57% better than the league average. Dramatically on the other side of the pendulum from what we saw on those other guys, right? And a war on baseball reference of plus 1.2. So when you add the other half a win from Gritchick and Iglesias, and remember, Colomay is a zero, so factor them in or don't, it, it comes out the same. The Rockies are at plus 1.7. And remember, the guys they let go are at a negative 0. 0.9. Early in the season, with the way that these numbers work, excuse me as I drop a baseball on the floor, <laughs> That's huge. Those are those are big, big numbers. Now, there's plenty of time for them to flip, but it is simply the fact that all of the players the Rockies have let go are struggling. And all of the players that the Rockies have acquired are contributing. Chad Cool is contributing immensely. Randall Gritchik and Jose Iglesias are tributing steadily. And did I say tributing? I'm leaving it and Alex Colome is existing fine and, and they're hoping, you know, we'll come along and be more of a contributor in the coming months and, and hopefully in the second half. Right? So this will be the math. We'll continue to look at moving forward. And I'd be very interested to hear everyone's predictions out there. Do you think by the end of the season that Trevor story, John Gray and Rymel Tapia will have a higher combined baseball reference war than Jose Iglesias, Chad cool and Randall Gritchik. And again, I, I guess Alex Colome, though that makes the, the math a little bit wonkier. But those are the guys the Rockies picked up versus the guys that the Rockies let go, right? And so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. So far, while there's a lot of... And, and here, okay, so a few more other caveats. There's a lot... This doesn't necessarily excuse methodology or process, I'm not here to say, oh, well, then, you know, because I could hear somebody out there saying they still should have traded John Gray as opposed to getting nothing for him, or they still should have traded Trevor Story as opposed to getting just the draft pick for him. And again, those are arguments we've had and and can continue to have and, and think about and talk about. And those are all fair debates, absolutely. But when we're just looking at the decision that, was on the final day of, and it's a little complicated with story because they offered him a contract, right? They offered him a contract worth more than what Boston ended up giving him. But Trevor wanted to move on. He, he was willing to change positions and do all of that. Now, some people have argued, certainly on my timeline, that the Rocky should have gone gone above and beyond. They should have given him the proverbial offer he couldn't refuse right and there was some argument to be made there though i didn't think it necessarily made sense for a team that i've always said and i said this even when chris bryant was signed that i don't think they should build around superstars i've always you worry about health and this exact kind of thing whether it's story struggling or them not having Chris Bryant right now, that too many eggs in one basket, right? That's always been one of my biggest concerns with this team that has to deal with more chaos than any other team in baseball. It was always the case when it was the Nolan-Trevor-Charlie team that if those guys weren't going, then the team wasn't going. And I think it's wise to try to move away from that. And so, if they did draw a line in the sand, as I, as we know they did with John Gray, right? So, this definitely applies to John Gray, where they said, we'd love to have you at this dollar amount. But we're not going to go up to that. And, and it sounds so harsh. And, I you know, I hate the business side of it. And I, I think all these guys are on some level a little bit cheap when it comes to paying their players. But if they drew a line in the sand that said, you know, we think we can get better value out of X dollars. If we spend it elsewhere than on John Gray, which they did, it's exactly what happened. And I criticize them for it. And they're still, you know, we'll see if John Gray comes back and has a great season and Chad Cool cools off and all, the whole thing, lots of time left for all of this to totally flip. But as of right now, it's hard to argue Bill Schmidt should have paid John Gray 14 million a year. Or that they should have hung on for Raimal Tapia, like I probably would have, for one more go round to see if he could finally get it all to click into place and be that perfect sort of contacty, meshy glue guy in the lineup. Instead, they've kind of handed that role over to Jonathan Daza and Jose Iglesias, and they've been much, much better than Tapia this season and without being the defensive headaches. Daza is a plus plus defender, and Iglesias has been fine. Frustrating at times, pretty good at others would like to see him tighten it up a little bit there, but not the kind of issue that Tapia could have, especially when he wasn't kind of locked in at left, right? So this, yeah, this will continue to be the math. For those of you wondering, and we can maybe do this math another time, uh, you know, why why not fit Chris Bryant in here? For me, the math on that entire thing comes down to Nolan Arenado and $50 million on one side then the $148 million that the Rockies saved, all of which goes to Chris Bryant, right? And then all that extra money on top of it is basically what they paid for Gomber, Montero, Tim Lopes, the, the other guys they got out of the Arenado trade, right? So for me, the that's Arenado trade math. You got Nolan on one side and then Bryant and the prospects on the other, right? It, that, again, that's quick and dirty math you can get a little more into the weeds if you want and say well what about you know who does this part apply to or whatever for me it's just easier to say those prospects are what the money was for that's you know they spent 50 million dollars to acquire uh, Gomber, Montero, Lopes and so on and then with the money they saved they signed Chris Bryant and again it's a little it's a little messier than that and we'll get it but that's another podcast for another time but So that that's what the equation looks like over there. Over here, the equation I think is going to continue to be, um, you know, and letting Trevor Story walk is an interesting element of this because I don't think, though there's no way for me to know for sure, I don't think they were going to sign both Chris Bryant and Trevor Story, though we'll see if, like, this next offseason, they do sign another big contract or if, you know, they're having a great year, and at the trade deadline, they pick up another big contract. You say, well, they were willing to spend more on both. They just didn't have the right guy at the right time. Maybe Michael Conforto, you know, again, there was that. Remember that whole thing was going on, and maybe they were just, just like everybody else, like, uh, nope, never mind, not a good idea, and, and bailed on that. So it's hard to know exactly what they would have been willing to spend had Story taken the deal, but. Certainly, when it at least comes to these other guys so far, you can just look at what they've produced and look at the, the easier math. If you do want to just forget about, you know, the Trevor story situation, you could take Jose Iglesias out of there or whatever. You can just compare very basically John Gray and Chad Cool. And Raimal Tapia and Randall Gritchick. I mean, Tapia and Gritchik were literally traded for each other, right? And Toronto ended up eating half of Grichik's contract. So the Rockies are only paying him about $2 million more than they would have been paying Raimal Tapia. And they're getting much, much, much better production than that, right? And then obviously Chad Cools, who they brought in to make up for the loss of John Gray at a far discounted price, and that's why you include these other guys, because going from gray to cool didn't just allow you to get better production out of your fifth rotation guy, and right now, cool's been their first rotation guy, right, but it also did allow you to sign these other people, and that's why they're a part of the equation as well, so we'll keep our eyes on all this as we continue to move throughout the season, but I wanted to dive into that a little bit, Uh, Because I'd written about it, because I talked about it a little bit in the Discord channel, and because I did not want to just tweet it out there out of context. But, again, negative 0.9 for the guys the Rockies have let go, and plus 1.7 for the guys the Rockies have brought in. So far, you've got to give Bill Schmidt credit for that. He also really needs that to continue if he wants to... Get a little leeway, continue to be able to do what he wants, win back some PR, get the good feel in the clubhouse, and you know, maybe confidently keep making some moves. Because he's he's been a bit more active than his predecessor as well. And that could end up being a good thing if they keep working out, especially with an owner we know sometimes has a tendency to say no to some things. But you can say, Hey, look. I got this guy and that guy. Remember, we really wanted to keep John. We really, really wanted to. And we almost went that extra thing. But maybe it's a good thing we didn't. Maybe trust me on this one. You know, that builds. So we'll keep our eyes on it all season. Going to be interesting to see how this next homestand plays out. Can't look past the Royals to the Giants. Got to take care of business here against this beatable team and then really take your confident selves into a revenge series against the Giants I'll be talking with you throughout make sure you're following me on Twitter at Drew you're hopping into some of those Twitter spaces I do, live Q&A's, always fun to talk to Rockies fans about whatever's on your mind so make sure you're joining me for those make sure you're checking out all the written content at milehighsports.com and that you're subscribing to all the podcasts on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 20th and Blake. Make sure you keep being absolutely awesome out there. I promise you that I will make sure to keep being absolutely Drew Kreisman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.